Sports Joe presents House of Rugby. Together with Heineken. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. Hello and you're all very welcome to House of Rugby with thanks to Heineken. My name is Maud Thrasany Rule and I'm delighted to be joined this week by Darren Cave and Joe Dadaï's own Pat McCarry as we look back on round two of the Rugby World Cup. On today's show, we'll dissect Ireland's comprehensive win against Tonga. We'll touch on the other results as well and we'll look ahead to the big one as Ireland face the World Cup champions next weekend and we'll hear from CJ Stander as well. A lot to get through, lads. Start, How are we doing? Yeah. I know. It's nice to have someone fresh. Driving. When, I was, when I was first asked to come on, I thought it was Pat and it wasn't going to be an intro like that. Oh, it's all professionalism here, Darren. We'll start by looking at Ireland Tonga and I suppose Johnny Sexton after that game, rightly so, got the plaudits as he's after overtaking Ronan O'Gara as Ireland's all-time record point scorer. And the thing about it is there's a lot more yet to come from this guy. Yeah, it was impressive, wasn't it? Mm. I um the first sort of 15-20 minutes, I didn't think it was going that smoothly. Um, and in the big picture, I mean, that was only a good thing, right? Just to yeah. deal with a little bit of adversity. Romania was smooth sailing. Um, but Ireland, like, very, very impressive. Top of all the stats, line breaks. Um, when the selections, when the Tonga selection was done, I could understand why he went with that strength against Tonga, but it did make me question the Romania selection. Mm. But I think the thing that underpinned it was just like, I've um, doubted what Andy Farrell has done so many. I yeah. probably no coach like that I've ever thought more, mm, that's strange he's done that. Mm. And he's been right so many. Like even thinking back, the one that always stands out for me, I couldn't believe that he picked Mac Hansen ahead of Rob Balakin. Yeah. You know, three years ago, I yeah. remember going, that's mm-hmm. like, where does he get this from? And then mm. you look at that now. Um, so yet again, he has been vindicated. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but listen, and it was it was de- they dealt with a little bit more adversity. It was definitely a step up, mm-hmm. and uh, it was another really. It's hard to it's hard to mark them down on anything. Touching on the team selection, there there was a lot of talk in the mm. build up about starting Johnny Sexton. I was terrified last week. I was like, should we not wrap him in cotton wool? And Johnny Murphy was saying as well that he think he thought, like Andy Farrell, that he should start. Mm. And I suppose it was vital for him to get those minutes under his belt again and to keep that momentum going. Yeah, there was an interest in, in, in the post-match press conference. He was asked if he felt vindicated with his selection and he yeah. took umbrage with that and he was kind yeah. of saying, I'm not vindicated at all. Like, you know, this is the, yeah. the team I'm going to go for and and yeah, he kind of he gets very kind of put out by that type of stuff. And and yeah, he he just like there's data we're looking at. We know what we're doing. We have a plan. He's like, it still might not work. We still kind of you might come back and kind of say we got it wrong, but we think we're doing the right thing here. So um, yeah, it's very interesting to see because yeah, I I would not have picked that team at all against Tonga. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have even you know predicted that that was going to be as full strength as it was. And um, and then that was very interesting. And then even at halftime, they were winning by so much. They had the bonus point locked up. And I was like, oh, I can just see Johnny Sexton staying on now for 70 minutes, proving yeah. a point again. And But then he came off and Furlang came off and it was kind of, they'd got so far ahead that they were able to kind of rest a few boys. Mm-hmm. Like So, yeah, it's all going well for now. Like, And yeah, we've got through those two potential banana skins in terms of injuries and 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 I think as even Farrell was pointing out, wasn't it like he could fall down in your hotel room like one of the poor Scottish lads did yeah. and, and get injured. Like, so let's just go for it. Like, so that, interesting. That, I think that's typical of Farrell in that, like, he doesn't need to be vindicated mm. because it's not about him. 
and I do think you know people ask what's different about him and like I don't know I've only met him once or twice but mm. I do think that's one thing that comes across is that like it's genuinely not about him mm. it's not about him being vindicated or not it's about Ireland winning games and being in the best position possible to keep winning games um, so like yet again he's right and um yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Johnny Sexton was asked after the game about his record-breaking achievements and if he had it on his mind when he celebrated his try. I was just happy to, to score the try. Um, I think if you, one of the lads said it to me under the post and um, I actually thought I might have got it on the kick before. But um, look, I, I, I think it's, it's something when you retire and you finish, you can look back on and, and be very proud, I'm sure. Some young guys will be will be eyeing it up, and uh, look, I'm very proud to 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 do it. But tonight was more about uh, getting the win and, and moving on to what's such a massive game now uh, this week. Is he now officially Ireland's best player? Those questions are always difficult to answer. Mm. On the um, like, and when you take into consideration now, when you talk about like different generations, we're now at the stage where like the Driscoll era. You know, it's actually, it's not just like having an argument, is he better than Jack Kyle? I mean, that's a different yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really hard question to answer. Um, and there probably isn't a black and white answer to it. Um, he's certainly up there. He, like, he, he is, his, he's phenomenal, the impact he's had on the team. And to be honest with you, I'm not surprised that to him, he, listen, he answered it 100%. Like, mm. one day he will sit back and look and mm-hmm. think, flip. Like you know, when I wasn't getting picked for Ireland under twenty ones. Yeah, yeah. But but he's honest, not thinking about the nah. records he's breaking now. He's solely focused on the task in hand. It's it's winning a rugby world cup or getting yeah. close to winning. That's it. Yeah, because it's it's been brought up now. The more Ireland are winning and going to New Zealand, and the more these big challenges they're kind of getting over as well. It's like it starts to become more believable that he'd be Ireland's greatest player of all time and. Like it was even, you know, somebody said, oh, well, if they win a World Cup, then he definitely is. Like it is weird yeah. to kind of stack up the trophies and stuff like that. And against some like, I, I, yeah, I'd still put O'Driscoll there ahead of him. Like, but it's it's getting closer all the time. I remember doing a story, I think it was after the Lions tour to New Zealand in 2017, saying he was Ireland's best, you know, 10 of all time. And that there was still a debate about that then. And and then they went on and won. I think they've won two Grand Slams since then. Like, but uh, yeah, he's he's just so vital to what this team do. And mm-hmm. it's like. It's almost like, well, Joe Schmidt got brought into it as well. Andy Farrell's done the same. Even Declan Kidney was as well. It's like they realise how good he is and how the team is so much better when he's playing that, listen, we just like, this is the horse we rode in on. Like, so that's that's the way they're going and they're going to ride Sexton until the very end. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about, so much, there's so much talk about who's been behind him and why is there a gap? And that's not uh, meant to be insulting to the players, but because there is a gap. Mm. And I think when just somebody is that dominant for so long, yeah. it's hard to close the gap because mm. normally there's succession. You know, the, the guy in possession of the jersey hits 30s and as he gets into his 30s, his performances start to dwindle and then the incumbent plays more and more and the gap sort of naturally, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Know, even yeah. look at the likes of, from a Munster point of view, look at the scrum halves. Now, it, the crossover may or may not have happened, subject to who you ask, but you can see Conor Murray sort of, uh, you know, that older part of his career as Casey's coming and you yeah. would expect in the next two years. But Sexton 38 and he's still doing it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> and we touched on the rotation of the team and Andy Farrell 
felt it was vital to start him this weekend, but it was also really important to start the other players, the frontliners, to give them game time, to iron out some of those mistakes from round one. And it was a pretty complete performance. If we look at the first half in particular, Pat. Yeah, yeah. And it was... um yeah, and if you enough start the ball, Farrell spoke about this thing, and it was the same thing. Remember, I think it was worse in the twenty nineteen World Cup with this film on these new balls they keep talking about, and and how it's a little bit slippier and and it's hard to kind of hang on to, and the humidity there as well. Like so, it was a little bit shaky for the first fifteen twenty minutes, and then it just seemed like they'd scored four or five tries in the space of like twelve minutes or something, and that's how when they just click into gear, that's how how clinical they can be as well. But um, yeah, so like it wasn't ideal for them. But yeah, they went out and what is it, fifty nine points to, to score eight tries against a really good Tonga side as well. And but they'll also be delighted having periods of like where they were under pressure as well because that didn't happen in the first game. So they'll be delighted with that. But yeah, they just I think everybody would have walked off felt that they got a real good workout for that and and they'll feel a little bit more confident now going into the Springboks game than at the weekend. You touched on the slow start and they had a bit of a slow start against Romania as well. Is that a bit of a concern? Um, I don't don't think so. I think ultimately um, I think it was hard to judge anything in the Romania game except the fact that you know nobody looked um, sort of rusty. Everyone looked healthy Mm. and fit and if anything... I think you're better off in the big picture having because we've seen t- we've seen games start like that and the side wobble. Yeah, and you see what it comes. We've seen Ireland teams do, it. but even right now, you see like even even the likes of Wales playing Portugal, and I know they got the bonus point in the end, but that's what happens. And like France against Uruguay, the wobble can grow. If the team doesn't stick to what they knew and they keep going with the process and there's probably, I I don't have the the score sheet right in front of me, but there's probably a time in that game, like sort of 15 minutes in where you're going, oh, jeepers, like this is going going to be tight. This is going to be a a carbon copy of that Samoa game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way we built and kicked on, um, now listen, Samoa, our tongue, uh, excuse my ignorance, aren't at that level and they give Ireland too many opportunities, mainly probably through discipline. But, um, you know, it's it's full points, really. You can't really mark Ireland down too much. Yeah, it's 20, point, 20 tries in two games. Mm. And I know we have to take the opposition into consideration. There are tougher te- tests to come. And we'll touch on South Africa later. But what has impressed you most over these past two weeks, Pat? Um, yeah, like certain players almost kind of like really standing out. And like guys you'd hoped would come to the fore are kind of doing it again. It, that's the thing for me. I was even during being at some of the warm-up games, it's the amount of lads that are like putting in eight, nine out of ten performances, like they're not one hundred percent perfect, but like you can rely on around six or seven lads in nearly every game, and it's the same guys stepping up again. Uh, like Bundyaki was incredible at the weekend. I was mm-hmm. actually, I, I've got, I'm going to open my notepad for the first. Oh, nice! First time, <laughs> Darren, you're under pressure here. Your diary. Yeah. I should have made notes later. Uh, but yeah, Aki's got two hundred and seventy meters off thirty nine carries, four tries and assists, seven line breaks, and he's been thirteen defenders. And and then even at the end of the game, he was kind of saying, "Oh, I only made four tackles." Like so, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Ireland are when you yeah. look at the stats on the uh, the World Cup website because when I was being partially professional, I looked, <laughs> yeah. and then unprofessional, I didn't write them all down. It's funny because <laughs> Ireland are top yeah. of like uh, most carries, most meters made, most tries scored, like most conversions, most points, least uh, penalties conceded, least. They're actually hitting all the markers, albeit against yeah, yeah. that opposition. But uh, to sort of. It's not actually, because of the level of opposition, it's more the kind of total opposite point for me, like cause for concern. There's no real cause for concern. I yeah, think that was yeah. the most important thing. Like, 
because those games are difficult and I, go, I love having a laugh about it but I played in a lot of fi- a few fixtures like that and <laughs> you are damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because the opposition's not at that level Tonga a little different to Romania um, but the headline for me just leaving those two games is there's just no cause for concern Would you not be concerned about the amount of penalties they gave away 13 like their discipline has been impeccable up until now and I know Paul O'Connell spoke about it after the game he touched on it and he wasn't too happy um, with that aspect of their game but is it is it something to worry about? There was one actually at the end Farrell was speaking again it was about the period where O'Mahony got himself yellow carded and he was talking about that he thought they were a bit too frantic trying to defend their line and they wanted a bit more discipline there and like lads are going in and like it's, yeah it's easy it's like after 40 minutes like flat out um Tonga now kind of have their kind of tails up then as well like so yeah they weren't happy with that it's like just keep trust each other kind of back yourselves and kind of maybe lads are going in trying to like end an attack on their own and stuff like that so so that's something yeah that, I suppose they would concern them. Ireland rarely give away double figures of penalties as well like so um, so that's what it was like but yourself Maritressa when you were kind of watching it did, did anything kind of like are you kind of now worried going into that Springboks game they might give away some penalties or especially with Manny Libok he can just chill, chill the boots He's going to be missing well, all the penalties. Well, or else we'll have Andre Pollard in Uh-oh. there as yeah, well. Could be. <laughs> you know, so I suppose what I was looking for was an improvement when it came to things that did stand out from Romania, like they touched on it themselves, the line out, which is yes, yeah, yeah. humming nicely after that performance and the scrum as well. And these are areas that South Africa are going to zone in on. But it's just the cohesion between the players and the fluidity in their attack. I think, you know, we saw Mac on fire, his bit of magic and Bundy's tries, you know, those little nuances in their game. And I think having that extra time together to iron out those mistakes was really important. And to get those extra minutes into these frontline players was huge. Yeah, and you got to, I think the thing, it's different for us in the media or in the public at the minute in Ireland because we've just gone rugby insane because we're mm. trying to stay calm. And <laughs> I do think you over, like the line out wasn't where it's been for two or three weeks, but it was interesting. Paul O'Connell was asked about it and he was just straight about it. He was like, this is not a problem. Okay, you know, and yeah. I yeah, he wasn't at, one bit worried. No. It would make you wonder, is he holding stuff back for South Africa? Is it all part of this master plan? <laughs> it, it could be. But yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think I think they've got enough in it that they should be winning, you know, a lot of their lineouts. But to bring it back to the point about discipline, like I just don't like do I think Ireland's discipline is good enough to beat the Springboks? Uh, yes, without doubt. It's they're the best disciplined team in in world rugby yeah. probably, certainly international rugby. So I'm not saying that they weren't sloppy in that little period. I'm saying that that does not undo for actually probably 8 years of being phenomenally mm-hmm. well disciplined and um, I won't make any comments about how likely we are to get cards, but I think we are on the more. I don't want to scut us. I won't finish that sentence. I think everyone, <laughs> everyone knows what I'm thinking. I'm not going to say it. Well, uh, it was the first card that Ireland have gotten in the since 14, 14 months ago. Um, Andrew Porto was yes. awarded a card <clears throat> against New Zealand, but that's the first card Peter Romani since then. So I'm sure it'll be an area of focus this week and one of the things that comes from the Irish camp over and over again from the management team is how adaptable this team is and how they're able to learn on the spot and how they're able to focus and move on to the next job straight away. Yeah, and it's all again like led by someone like Sexton as well. Like we were, we were only talking about it a little bit earlier like that kind of computer brain that he has and you kind of played with him as well that like he can recall a play that they had like six years ago against Claremont or something like that and he can tell you exactly what happened and yeah. He was even talking after the game about like he 
he knew a ring rose where to be because they'd run a similar one. And it's like, I don't know how you could kind of have a brain like that, but you, you've probably experienced kind of what he's like to train and play with. Like. Yeah, and that it's funny because so much you go, why is he so good? Why is he so good? But I actually don't, he just thinks, I think I think he thinks quicker than people. Yeah. And he sees it a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what a lot of players say that have played with him, that yeah. he sees things before they happen and he knows where everyone is meant to be. If you ever, um, not to go too far off tangent, but if you ever read that book, Bounce by Matthew Said, the Times journalist, and he was a Commonwealth uh, table tennis player. And the reaction time for a serve in table tennis is, I think it's under half the reaction time in real tennis. So when he retired, he went for a hit around with Boris Becker. Yeah. And he said that he heard the ball hitting the fence behind him before he saw it. Oh. And the point is, so in table tennis, he would have reacted in half the speed but there is so much subconscious information going through the head that enables tennis players to react and it's off small cues in what they Mm -hmm. do and that speed of thought and uh, that's what Johnny does he goes around the pitch and he knows if they come off a sideline hit the day if he sees the winger high there he knows the fullbacks it's like kind of like that quarterback style Mm. of he has a checklist of data that he just goes through quicker than other players Uh, it's really I say it's as simple as that, but that's what he does. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, he can, uh, he, well, he's a bit of a tri-score machine at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. tied second. <laughs> um, but I just think that's what he does. He he thinks faster than probably most people, and nearly anyone in world rugby. And as a result, he's able to execute because he seems to have time on the ball because he does, because he's processing it so quickly. And one of the most important things for Ireland is that he's come through unscathed from these first two rounds because that was the word that he wouldn't be available to us mm. against the Springboks. And looking at the team, we're in a pretty good place mm. when it comes to injuries. I know Finlay Bielham didn't come back. We don't know what his story is, but it's more than likely that he will not play next weekend. Mm. So that means that Tom O'Toole comes into the team. How much of... Um, a drop-off is that in when it comes to performance-wise having Tom O'Toole on the bench as opposed to Finlay? Um, Tom O'Toole, yeah, he's somebody who's getting better all the time. Even talking to, you probably know him well, like, you know, Willie Anderson up at, mm-hmm. like, he's so high on Tom O'Toole and thinks he's, like, I remember he's even like, this is a guy to watch, this guy's going to be an Ireland international and we, like, we, we're only kind of seeing glimpses of it. Um, like, you know, they're they're happy with him but he's not, like, Bealham is kind of, he, he satisfies them a little bit more of kind of getting all the work done around the pitch, like, but, yeah, Tom O'Toole will still come on and like it's it's not a, a huge drop off. Like, you know, it's maybe the loss of Keane Healy is probably even more of a kind of a shame for Ireland. Like, but, but Tom will kind of do the job. Yeah, it looks like it looks like Beale might, might have to be rested for like 12 days because of the footage. He was taken off because of the mm-hmm. footage they've seen. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But again, like you probably have the likes of then Furlong will be asked to go at least like 60 mm-hmm. minutes, 65, maybe even longer, like and. And then he was delighted to be taken <laughs> off last week, or jersey off, yeah. and everything. He was back on then, wasn't he? A few yeah. minutes later, it's, like, oh. it's not all about like Tom O'Toole. Some of it, like I do think Bealham, I don't know if he's improved or as a public we've just bought into him more. Yeah, or yeah. probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think we loved this narrative that like Tag Furlong, because Tag Furlong was so good. We loved this narrative that if he didn't play, we were stuffed. Mm. Um, and then what happened was he didn't play a few times, and yeah. we weren't stuffed because Bealham yeah. had done Bealham so well. So to answer the question, I do think. I think Bielham has closed the gap, moved up towards Furlong quite a lot. And um, I think it'd be unfair to say it's a drop off. At the same time, it wouldn't be an opinion. It would be factually correct to say that Tom O'Toole is not as proven at that level. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose we haven't seen that much of him and we're basing it on what we have seen. And I suppose Andy Farrell 
has faith in his squad. He has faith in his team. So he won't see it as a drop off in form or, you know, a step down or um, a reduction in performance when Tom O'Toole has to come on. Yeah. I, and I kind of found it interesting that like, um, like I, as again, I said, I was surprised with the, the squad they announced for the Tonga game. I thought they would have been Jimmy O'Brien and Stuart McCloskey would have featured. But I kind of think that you, you'll see every player will get a game or some kind of minutes before the end of the pool stage because there, there is that kind of group mentality with this, these guys where like they might just be on the bench or something but you'll probably see a, few, a couple of them featuring against Scotland and and yeah they seem to have this trust and like Farrell like no matter this is what they're telling the squad as well but in any press conference he's saying like like everyone knows he has his frontliners and the guys mm-hmm. he trusts but like there is this very much faith in the next guy that's going to step up and like we're not going to worry about you. You're going to come mm-hmm. in and we have faith that you're going to do the job. And that's what's been preached to the players. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how he gets on. And, um, yeah, against who, however many forwards the Springboks <laughs> put on the bench for this weekend. Eight. Yeah, yeah. I've, It's funny with, with, with all everyone in the squad getting the game. I think that, like, in Ireland now, we, because of what happened in 07, that not ever, and that was sort of goes down as, I don't know if it was our worst performing World Cup, but it's known as sort of the biggest shambles, if yeah. you will. And then since then, it's been, like, almost like this narrative that, everyone has to play and I went in 2015 and the narr- like everyone was going to play Yeah, and you'd have thought that of all the coaches like Farrell would be the one that would be most pro everyone's going to play because mm-hmm. we're a team and we're a group and that's what we do I'm actually not convinced anymore yeah, I actually yeah. wonder is it is is his group so tight and so like um, is a group actually that good that he knows he doesn't have to play Darren or Pat just to keep them happy because they're bad apples yes. I actually wonder yeah, is it yeah. not and, yeah. and will we because if he was going like it's not the time to be mm. listen South Africa and Scotland you, it's not a well, the, br- the break week I think yeah. will benefit Ireland a lot and we'll probably see the likes of Stuart McCluskey and Jimmy O'Brien and probably Jack Conan we don't know will he feature yes, next weekend yeah. so we'll probably see them come back in for Scotland. Yeah, the, the thing that maybe flagged it for me was the fact that Craig Casey was on the bench then for the weekend. Like that, he's gonna maybe just dot in a couple of these guys. But yeah, you, you could be right as well. Like, um, it'd be interesting that even again for this weekend. Like, I don't see Sheehan or or Jack Conan starting. There's even he's supposed to be a doubt again for this one. So, uh, I was saying Keen Prendergast probably be like looking at this from yeah. home. Like, oh, like you know he's missed three games. Like, but um, but McCluskey is the interesting one because. Yeah. Um, like Henshaw hasn't played that much. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to rotate and like, yeah. Um, and with that, there being a down week. Listen, yeah. it's funny. There's so many layers. It's, because the other thing is like, it's not actually, um, it's not all or nothing this weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. You, of course, you want to beat the Springboks, win the group. But ultimately, in the big picture, you have to. Let's assume, and you should never assume, we beat Scotland. You only have to beat one of like you could lose to South Africa and beat France. Or vice versa. Mm. You only have to win one of those games. But it would be a huge statement if we beat the World Cup champions. Like, it is very important for momentum and for morale and for, I suppose, Ireland going forward that they have that notch on their belt. I kind of find, I wonder whether, like, Darren, you you know, you went to World Cup, because I sometimes feel that, like, us as, like, journalists and the public, we have all this scar tissue and we sometimes you'd feel like I'm bringing the players down. Like, oh, what about the quarterfinal? Like, and I, <laughs> and I felt that going into 2019. And now Ireland weren't in as good a form, but like, it doesn't seem to be around the squad that much. Like, they haven't, 
like it's almost like they're winning so many games that like it's not even a, a part of their kind of thinking but maybe it, they might you know get wounded if they do lose it so, like it might seep in again but that negativity isn't doesn't seem to be around yeah. them but I wonder if you got that a little bit when you used to play like from, I, from all of us I think it was just I, no I don't I don't think the media and the public gener- I think the odd player or the odd coach probably gets a bit peeved at, at one or two silly things that they probably shouldn't but as a whole it's not about it's it's about um, like what you've done as a group and like in 2015 or in 2019 like the, the probably the biggest difference now is like they're, they're just not scared of, of anyone yeah and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be because they they've be. beaten the best but if, they like know it, nothing but winning this yeah game. so it's not and you can put the narrative oh we've never got past the quarterfinal and I don't have the stats in front of me but you could also look at the other stats which are more important how many times in the last five have we beaten France how many times in the last five mm. have we beaten South Africa Australia and look at all those big teams and I bet you not one of them has a 50% win ratio against mm. us so I'm not saying the box won't be good. I'm not saying France won't be good. I'm saying if I was another team, I would not want to play us. Yeah. So team selection before we move on to the other results um, from the weekend. What decisions need to be made? Does Jameson Gibson Park come straight in? Or is there a case to be made for Murray to start that game with his kicking game? Yeah, that, I think Stephen Ferris raised that at the weekend. And and yeah, I would have... Yeah, it's, it's an, it just it is an interesting one because it's like Murray always has the size as well. His kicking is superior. Um, the way, yeah, like Ferris was kind of talking about it, it it's interesting that because like Jameson Gibson Park is 90 miles an hour all the time and you can even see himself, he'll take the odd quick tap and he just wants to get going. But like, is that a good idea against South Africa? Like it, it, it's because it, they'd almost scare you so much what they did against Scotland. Like they just gave <laughs> Finn Russell no space. Yeah. Uh, Duan van der Meer hardly got a touch of the ball. It didn't get out wide to him at all. Like so... Um, you know what are the plans going to be for that like so is Murray the, the smarter choice but I'd kind of like personally I'd probably go Gibson Park and then Murray to finish it off Um, but yeah that's the big one and then who starts Hooker as well and then the only other one is like I just who's like, the backup to Johnny yeah well that's I, I don't think that question's even been answered yet like maybe Rossburn because they gave him the 40 minutes but um, yeah I, it's it's not like you could have either of them like it's mm-hmm. It's almost like a flip of a coin for me. Like I couldn't guess. Like, but Farrell probably has an idea who it's going to be. But um, yeah, they're the big ones. And then yeah, does Tyburn start in the back row? But I imagine they want Peter O'Matney because he's such a line-out option. Like I'd say it's the exact same team against Tonga. Probably even Kelleher starting, and then who do you choose then at scrum half? Yeah, I. But it's nice that the the, the player, the quality of player that we're tossing around mm. is just phenomenal. Yeah. Like even yeah. I was thinking of that because I've heard people talking about the South African lineout, and is there a case for putting Omahani at seven? Yeah. And then you're going. So we're talking about putting the world player of the year on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And the players coming in, you know, you're talking lions all over the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Th- to answer your question, is there a case for it with at scrum half? Yes. Um, I think you, there's a very strong case for both. Yeah. The way Murray plays, you could say, well, it's a nice way to start the game, isn't it? Like, exit well, um, and then Gibson Park come on with tempo. Equally, you know, I do think Gibson Park under sort of underpins the Irish brand of rugby over mm. the past 24 months. So there's a very strong argument to go with that and then let Murray come on and hopefully close it out. Uh, so sort of, I do think it would be a big call... The hooker actually is going to be fascinating mm-hmm. because... He took Kelleher off after, what, 30 minutes, was it? Or 40? 
I think it was around, yeah, 40, yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. came off at the break, and yeah. Not to, yeah. Not to have the Ulster bias, but Herring's the only one at the minute from a fitness point of view. We know 100% that mm-hmm. we can rely on him. Not, yes, yeah, yeah. Not in terms of quality. All three of them are phenomenal. And if all three are full, uh, fully fit, I do think Herring uh, is at the bottom of that pile. But it's not just about that. It's about who's going to, you know, you don't want to have two guys that are carrying knocks or have yeah. been carrying yeah. knocks. So that's going to be... It's uh, in Farrell we trust. Put it that way. <laughs> it's interesting. You, they always have to nominate like a one of the the props to be in. Like, or they have to nominate who your extra hooker is going to be. And it was interesting seeing the team sheet at the weekend. Dave Kilcoyne got that little X. Like, so <laughs> yeah. Like, is he practicing? What did they, like, they tell him? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe yeah, don't even think about it. Like, but <laughs> he just found out if he listens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Herring is. Um, yeah, what, what a great player to have. Like, because everyone's always like talking about Sheehan or Kelleher, but. I think and he is like, an eye for the try line as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like I think somebody said he's got a sixth international try this weekend. Somebody said he'd got his fifth against Romania, and they're like, it feels like he scored twenty tries for Ireland. <laughs> yeah, the exact same thing. Well, like, I think there's this feeling in the sort of rugby public that the other two have a higher ceiling. Mm. But in terms of reliability for Ireland, and reliability, remember, is um, fitness. Like he has been there, and yeah. he is he is rock solid. Um, so it, it would be actually a big call to not make him one of the other, given. Again, I don't have the stats, but when was the last time one of the you other two played? You need to get played? onto those stats, <laughs> put something into that book. It's better just to throw it out and then guarantee that nobody's going to look it up. I was about to say, when was the last time like Ronan Keller or Dan Sheehan played sort of 70 minutes plus? Mm. Uh, and if the answer to that doesn't fit my point, then uh, don't use that cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we look at now other results from the weekend. We had an unexpectedly exciting weekend. Uh, France with a heavily rotated side. They had to work hard to beat Uruguay. That finished 27-12. New Zealand thrashed Namibia, scoring 11 tries, beat them 71-3. Samoa got the better of Chile, 43-10. A really exciting game. Portugal put it up to yeah. Wales. And they managed to get the bonus point in the end, 28-8, the result there. Another rough day for Romania. Um, South Africa demolished them 76-0 a historic night for Fiji they beat Australia for the first time since 1954 so Eddie Jones certainly under pressure now the final score there was 22-15 and England eventually got the job done against Japan 34-12 so what stood out for you Darren? Um, everyone just loves Fiji now don't they? I, I think we've always liked them <laughs> but the fact now that they're actually it's funny you know, coming into the World Cup and who's your dark horse and people are going, oh, Fiji could do, Fiji could get out of their grip and you're there going like, they're seventh in the world. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. quite a sophisticated <laughs> algorithm, right? So like, they <laughs> yeah. should get out of their grip on. Um, that, uh, I, ha- I I actually had a sort of, wasn't a smile, but I did think, God love Romania. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they yeah. rocked up for the World Cup, but oh, yeah. so much is made of the the draw you know, at the top level, it's going to be... And, like, poor Romania, they're rocking up, going, can we get a scalp? And they've played twice and conceded how many points? Oh, my God, yeah. 150-odd, um, yeah, yeah. What stood out, albeit it doesn't tell the full story, like, another very good result for England. Um, I think everyone enjoyed seeing Fiji win. And then, outside of that, there was a few teams sort of limping, wasn't there? Like, a few of the mm. score lines, but a lot of those games were very close. Like, the Samoa-Chile game wasn't a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Uruguay-France wasn't a home run. Wales-Portugal, 82nd minute bonus point. So, if we take our Irish hats off for a second, and the fact that uh, we're um, all unanimously disappointed that England won... <laughs> uh, Lots of like teams, you know what I mean? Like mm. limping around, like Portugal, Wales should be doing a bit of damage. Yeah, yeah. And fixtures like that. And then. But it comes back to the point that these teams were so heavily rotated. So it's costing them. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
Yeah, because like France then again, like all the momentum then. Now it's not going to be completely taken away no. from them, but the momentum from beating the All Blacks then, they're really kind of like the, the Uruguay really put it up to them. Like, and I was like, you know, you start tuning into a game or you might flick over and you're like, yeah. oh, this is closer. And then you kind of yeah. pay a bit more attention. And then they got that try in the corner and you're like, I think there were like eight points down with, you know, 15, 15 minutes to go. And you're like, okay, here we go. Like, and then I was like, even you're like, I might tweet about this. I might throw it out <laughs> into the world. And, and you're like, this is going to be a great, everyone tune in now if you're not watching. Then it's like 60 seconds later, they do a, like a clearance into the back of their own player. Yeah. <laughs> France score. Like, and you're like, Mia Fu kind of crashes over. And you're like, okay, that's game over. Like, yeah. but, but yeah, like a needed Faletau scoring right at the very end for, for Wales to get a bonus point. And that could turn out to be crucial considering like what's happening in their in their pool as well. So um, yeah, interesting. Like some lads are getting their chance and, uh, and not kind of not taking it then as well. Like so uh, maybe the squad depth isn't there for everyone else. But the All Blacks kind of, they did all right. A couple of lads maybe putting their hands up for for later on in the tournament as well. Like um, it's kind of just individuals kind of have a chance. Like I, I was interested to see Halstoy how he did against uh, Uruguay as well because he's a class player for like La Rochelle last season. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, yeah, like like would he put any pressure on Jalibert or something like that? But not not really. Like so, and that, I suppose the big standout one was yeah Fiji. Like you know, as I said, the rankings I think they've now overtaken the Aussies. So it wasn't like you'd say a shock, but then I think they've won eighteen times in a row against them. So like the Aussies, like so it is a shock in terms of. They just hadn't yeah. beaten them the in that long. The first time beating them in 69 years. That's yeah. a stat for you. Yeah. Did I not right. say that? <laughs> Did you edit that out? <laughs> but I think it was this, the big shame, like now Fiji won't really care at the moment, but that they missed that penalty at the end that could have denied the Aussies mm. a bonus point as well. Like so, But yeah, Eddie Jones is like, I, you could see what he was doing before the tournament, picking a load of young players and saying we're building for the next World Cup. Like, I wish I could do that in my job, say I'm focusing on like, you know, 2027. Like, you know, but like, next but, week is going to be very interesting. You know, Wales, Australia. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a great, yeah, like and the Wells, the Welsh, they're building a bit of momentum about them as well. Like, uh, I actually think the Welsh, you probably, like, look at 2011 when they beat Ireland and got to a semi-final. Like, I think they enjoy being out of Wales, like, because the yeah. pressure on them is big. Like, so whenever they go off to World Cup, they seem to enjoy it a lot more. I saw Dan Bigger was hanging out with Aaron Ramsey and playing a bit of football with him and stuff. And Yeah, and that, look, it's, uh, Wales are one of those teams that you just... It's hard to write them off. Like for years, I've sort of thought Wales. I'm not sure about them. Yeah. And then they went a grand slam. Yeah. And yeah. then you go, yeah, but it was a lucky grand slam. And you're like, it was <laughs> yeah. actually a lucky and grand slam. There's no such thing. So I'm reluctant to to sort of write them off. But the Deepers, they, um, like they 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 looked poor, and I think bonus points is the thing with that group. Yeah. And those groups where teams you might find that you know one team uh, or three teams all lose one game or. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultimately, on that side of the draw as well, the reward for winning your group is, well, it's not that big really on our side of the draw, is it? Like, yeah. You, know, oh you God, win your no. group and no. you get the All Blacks. Like, yeah, yeah. Party time. <laughs> Would you still yeah. be worried about taking on the All Blacks after their result? Yeah, it's just not like you just, uh, you know. You can never rest easy, yeah. No. It, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, uh, it's coming yeah. to someone earlier going, yeah. sure. You'd... It's like pick your poison. Yeah, yeah. It, it is like that. Yeah. Um, because they're another team who they have been underwhelming but you just know they're not mm. going to be that crap um, so listen if we were neutrals it's weird because this this whole seeding thing has actually made it like really really interesting none yeah. of the quarter all, every single quarter final is going to be a great game yeah. um, it's just a pity we're not neutrals <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we'll turn our focus now to South Africa next weekend and Pat had a chance to catch up with Ireland's CJ Stander who has a foot in both camps and asked him where his allegiances lie 
think um, I've, uh, I saw that article I've, I've, again. I've got a lot of stick again. But uh, look, I, I, my personal view is that, and I've said this before, is that I've, I, I was born in South Africa and I can't change that I'm South African. But I played 50 tests for Ireland and to turn over now and to support the Springboks um, would, uh, would uh, just be, I don't know, for me, I'm an Irish Irishman, um, and that's who I'm going to back on the weekend. They are, even even if uh, they don't play well, that that's my team. Well, the real work starts now. We're facing the World Cup champions. They demolished, as I said earlier, Romania seventy six 0 Did we per, learn anything per new? Romania? Per oh, Romania, yeah. Spare a thought for them. It felt like what was it, eleven and a half minutes? The bonus Four try, tries. bonus point wrapped yeah. up. Yeah, that's and, how you get the bonus point. And you were kind of like, this could have been. What was the record win? Was like the All Blacks beat Japan one hundred and forty five, <laughs> something like back in the day. And you're like, geez, they, they could, they could mm-hmm. put triple figures on them. But fair play to Romania for keeping it under eighty. <laughs> Did we learn anything yeah, about yeah. South Africa? Well, it was interesting. Well, like, it wasn't the four scrum halves that were all... Uh, everybody, they just seem to be taking the piss with kind of like a selection every week or yeah. having a bit of fun with it or something like that. But um, but yeah, like, well, like, like I think, doesn't Kobus Reinach now have the record for like two of the fastest World Cup, you know, hat-tricks <laughs> of all time? Like, and yeah, just uh, good, their players kind of got a chance. I think um, there was a bit of controversy, wasn't there, about the Jean Klein tackle as well and kind of... The, mm-hmm. the the bunker review well, not the bunker review the, the TMO said it was chest first and stuff so he's lucky that he's not I don't think he'll get cited well, maybe he will like but like would he would he miss the game at the weekend like uh, yeah just the, their lads kind of got a bit of a run out and um but yeah they'll they'll change it up again a good yeah. bit won't they for this weekend like we know how powerful they are we know what's coming down the tracks it's all about how we deal with it now so how do we <laughs> it was funny watching them at the weekend and like Ireland the week before I think. It's not how impressive they were. It's exactly what I said about Ireland from a box point of view. They've got not there's no there's nothing at the minute that would concern them mm. coming into this game. Like they looked sharp. Um, I did think it was interesting how dominant and it's, it is hard because it, per Romania, um, <laughs> but it was all over the pitch. It was like you know, yeah. and even going through the highlights again this morning, you know, and you're going, well, mall try, scrum try, mm-hmm. uh, my hat trick. Yeah, it literally yeah. was all mm-hmm. over the park. Um, so they look, listen, they look good, and like what a game it's going to be yeah. uh, this weekend. How much of a loss is Malcolm Marks? We know they're not oh, replacing yeah. the hooker now and he's probably one of the best hookers in the world. Yeah. So um, his World Cup is unfortunately over for him. Maybe good for Ireland, but yeah. they're not bringing in a replacement hooker. They're going with Pollard. So obviously they're thinking it's more important to have a kicker. Yeah, it's um, what a handy thing to have Pollard kind of coming back yeah. in feel like. And there's, there's talk that he might not be fit for Ireland. Like, you know, but you, you, you could see him on the bench or something. But... Um, but yeah, Marx is a class player. Like he, he got worlds. He made the world team of the year last year. But I think he only started like a third of their games. Like, but he made such an impact coming off the bench in in all those games. And he's a great like breakdown tread as well. Like, just he's just like this absolute unit as well. Like, so uh, yeah, to have him out is is positive for Ireland as well. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who the backup is. Like, did like Dion Forey is kind of like he does a bit of back row and a bit of hooker if they need him to do it as well. But. Um, but yeah, you know he's a loss for them, all right. Yeah, like um, and and again, one of the bomb squad as well. Like so, that's taking a little bit off that. Like the the, the, box, the box love that, don't they? Four scrum halves. Don't like swap a hooker yeah. for a fly half. Move the number yeah. eight to hooker. Like they just uh, that's rassy for you, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, in the big picture, um, I uh, I do think there is a gap between Pollard 
And the next ten, like I'm, I love watching Villamsa. Like mm. I, lo- but not really at ten. It's all right against Romania, but yeah. like at the very, very top level, I think Manny Leboc is good, but I don't think he's like r- absolute rock solid. Yeah, like, isn't he's a good kicker? But uh, like, he has I think mistaken him kind of a he does, like, yeah. and I do think at the top level, <clears throat> like a lot of rugby- so what will they do? Will they start Leboc? Oh, I'd say so, yeah. I yeah, think they yeah. will, yeah. yeah. And I th- just think in the big picture, like nobody wants to lose Malcolm March from their squad, mm. but that's a serious addition to be putting back mm. in if you're going to go the whole the the whole way. I, I think did Willems have played ten in the game in um, November? I think in Dublin, I think didn't so, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I obviously I did my research, and if he didn't, <laughs> edit that out as well, please. Um, and just for me, like he is so talented, but. Maybe it's just a personal opinion. I don't love throwing a talented bloke in the ten. I, I like you know the number ten being like an out and out quality number ten. So in the big picture, mm, I think it uh, it'll definitely weaken them, but at the same time, it could bring them you know back up and beyond. So how do Ireland approach this game? What do we need to do to win? Yeah, <laughs> come on, Pat, in one word. <laughs> um, it's yeah. How do you counteract that line speed? Like um, they were talking about, like Peter Steph de Toy, like how he would go after. Uh, like he's the guy who's going to almost like the van der Fleer of, of the Springbok team that he's going to be the one hunting everybody down how do you kind of they do very similar to what Ireland do like they just they absolutely like they fly up on the outside so all of a sudden like your your passing lanes are kind of blocked off as well so so how do you do that do you, like the temptation is to, you just really have to change it up a little bit like play deep every now and then kick it in behind them every now and then put up like they're going to be putting up kicks in the air uh, you'll see a lot of a lot more kicking, I'd say, than they've done in the last while. Like everybody's thinking, have Ireland almost like spread it wide a good bit in the first two games to kind of like throw the, the South Africans off a little bit. It'll be a lot like much more close quarters kind of stuff going on as well. But yeah, the kicking game is going to be crucial because you have to just put it in behind them a few times smartly and win the ball back to stop them kind of pushing up on you so much as well. Like, I definitely think they'll like the one thing we can say is like they will have a serious plan. Yeah, and it will be like, and again, from being that World Cup in twenty fifteen, I like the the plans for these teams will have started in July. Course, they yeah. will have a menu of plays that they've been starting to walk through from July, and then they won't have used them. And we, people talk about the lineout, and like the, these are plays that we won't have seen in the past. Uh, I'm not saying like silly stuff up our sleeve. I'm saying they will be very well prepared to play into this South African blitz. I don't think you'll see big long deep loose passes I think mm. you'll see lots of innovative kicking um, offset piece I think you might see them just dinking it in behind lots of changes of direction and then putting the ball through uh, what gives teams like that energy with that line speed is big long loopy passes mm-hmm. and then you hit you get hit between the gain line and then everyone flies in then you get a yeah. penalty and the back slap and starts and the tails are up I I believe I would be surprised if we give them the opportunity to do that. I think we'll frustrate them, kick it behind them, change direction. Uh, I think we'll have a good plan. So it doesn't. Um, I'm not saying it, I was going to say it doesn't concern me. I think we'll be well prepared for it. Yeah. Um, if you look at how Ireland attack, like we don't throw long passes, lots short passes. We're good with our depth variation. Mm. We don't like stand twenty meters deep yeah, yeah. and let teams take the speed. We stand flat and invite people on this but then still play um so let's not like i i'm not belittling this um how tough a game this is going to be i'm saying i'd be stunned if we weren't ready for it they're going to come after us at the breakdown and we saw how tonga were physical there and troubled ireland at times is this an area of concern yeah yeah like um 
yeah, it'd be very in, like interested to see. Like this is where again, like this is where James Ryan will be so crucial. Like where his job will be to kind of like no, not just him, of course. So Mahoney's very good at it as well. But like it's kind of like targeting the guys who are going to be coming yeah. in and taking them off and, and clearing out as quick as you can. And um, yeah, they'll they'll kind of they they kind of and then like again someone like Van der Fleer and stuff like that as well. Like they'll. Um, yeah, it's going to be so interesting to kind of see what they do and who takes the brunt of kind of I'll do the donkey work and will everybody expect and burn to do the, the poaching or will somebody else come in and do it? But um, yeah, this is where you're going to have to be so physical and kind of, uh, yeah, th- this is like if James Ryan will have a good game, if O'Matney has a good game, that you might not see him making any carries, like, you know, like, but they'll just, their jobs will be to try and clear these boys off and kind of, and hold them off as well. Like, so, uh, and then th- even this is where Bundyaki comes into it as well. And kind of yeah. like, we need you to kind of step up and, and even like Zalo and Hansen, you'll see him coming in if they're needed as well. Like, so, um, yeah, this is all, all hands on deck. Like, I'm going to get excited. It's only Monday. I know. It's going to be great, isn't it? <laughs> Touching on Bundy there because we just touched on his performances earlier, but it's worth giving him another mention. Like, he is absolutely undroppable at the moment. Why? What is he doing that makes him such a crucial cog for this Ireland team at the moment? It's funny, I got asked about two, two week before the World Cup who my number one uh, centre pairing was. And I said that I think if Henshaw gets minutes, it'll be Henshaw and Ringrose. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, mm. like that yeah. clip will probably come up now. People going, he's an idiot. He is an idiot, which is fair <laughs> enough. But um, yeah, he's been great. I, I think over and above what he's been doing for the last, I don't know, five years. I think mm. he's always been a good organiser. He's always been physical, very, very loud and a big personality. I think he looks a little bit sharper, mm. like in terms of, like we, I'm not saying he hasn't scored a few nice tries for Ireland, but he's been cutting lines and he looks, like he looks big, but he looks yeah. quick. Um, yeah. And I do think, he just looks that little bit sharper than what um, I've seen from him before. And I do think that will be important because, like the game's about winning collisions, but you don't to win a collision. You don't have to run at somebody's sternum. Mm. You can run at gaps, and if mm. you run at gaps, then it's an arms tackle, and then you win the collision, and then it's the rucks, uh, not a mess. You can get quick ball. So I think he's going to have a, a a big game. And I suppose again to answer your question, I, I think he looks slightly now the opposition have been poor. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him like even that that try he ran in against Romania. Like he showed a bit of pace. Yeah. He looked he looks big and sharp, um, and he's been brilliant the last couple of weeks. And he's brimming with confidence. So before we finish up, Pat, we've got momentum. We've got the confidence. Will we beat the world champions? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I wish you went first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Go look at your notes quickly. <laughs> what, uh, um, what did I what did I write down earlier? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's so it's like it's it's almost like this team keep proving to you that they're they're a step above any other team mm-hmm. we've kind of seen before, and they're and it's like you still have maybe as I said the years of scar tissue in the back of your head. You're like, oh, here we go, like, but um, but yeah, I think that that they're they feel they're capable. They're world class players over place. Yeah, they're playing an absolutely brilliant side as well. It's going to be very kind of tight and tense, I'd say, but um, but yeah, I think they're capable of beating them at the weekend. Darren, what That's, does your head and heart say? That was you didn't answer. You said I yeah. think I think they're capable of. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Actually. Uh, okay. Good of course point. they're capable <laughs> of. It. Are they going to do it? Twenty-four and nineteen. Then yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, it's not a clean cut. On the basis of probability, <laughs> are Ireland more likely to win than lose? I believe they are more likely to win. As in, I'm not saying it's eighty percent, twenty percent. I'm saying. Um, 
my head tells me they have more injuries than us. Um, I, I listen, I get the bomb squad and I get all that. I just think we'll be well prepared um, on both sides of the ball. We'll be well disciplined. And yeah, I think um, on the on the basis of probability, we're slightly more, no, not slightly, we're more likely to win than lose. Does that answer your question? Um, I'll take God. it. I'll yeah. take it. It's all you're we're going to win and we're going to win the World Cup. That's well what said. you're telling me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't believe you put it up to me and then came up with that. <laughs> Can you get off the fence, Pat? So I'm about to jump on it. I said yes. Well, there's mm. certainly a lot to look forward to. My thanks to Darren and to Pat. We have the game of the tournament to look forward to next weekend and we'll be back with you next Monday again on House of Rugby with thanks to Heineken. Until then, Slonga Fold. Sports Joe presents House of Rugby. Together with Heineken. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie.